Uh, that man is very entertaining, but he says a bunch of nothing <laughs> in the most entertaining way possible. Um, uh, I don't know. There, there's rumors now that Bulls are going to be active at the trade deadline, and they're looking for guard help, which I would assume is they're trying to find a starting caliber point guard, which you know, leads some to linking that with the news that Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. And there, there are some people who already are saying, yeah, let's trade Zach for Kyrie. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? You want to trade Zach for Kyrie and then Kyrie demands another trade about a season and a half later. The only good thing I can see out of getting Kyrie is he's very good at getting coaches fired. So that would probably lead to <laughs> Billy getting the <laughs> It's chess, Derek. It's chess. <laughs> we not playing checkers here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about this whole Kyrie situation. Melissa, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go ahead. I, I don't want Kyrie, but go ahead. Well, I mean, look, first of all, um, Zach has shown that he wants to be a, a basketball player. Um, I don't know if Kyrie wants to be an NBA-level uh, basketball player, but here, like the, the thing that's happening is there was a contract dispute that was going on with um, Kyrie at the beginning of the year. He wanted his money. And, you know, as long as this team was winning and you had Durant, like we all knew that he was going to be on his best behavior. Now that the team is losing, um, you know, we're, we're getting a chance to see it's everything circling back around. It's circling back around because Kyrie has lost endorsements. Now, the thing is, when you lose the endorsements, like Kyrie, you know, we, we all talk about people having like these strong Twitter followings and, you know, being a social warrior or whatever. But that only works if you are known to put out content that people are interested in consuming. But Kyrie has not been doing that. Like, even like when he's doing these social media posts, like he doesn't say anything. You know, like people like were well, behind him, but like if you actually follow through with like the things that he's posted or has said, he has been a bunch of nothing. And if you're not on the court, you're not producing content that people are wanting to buy into. It's the same thing like with, with Durant. Durant joined the Warriors because he part of it, like you needed to win in order to cement your legacy. When you're winning, what happens? People want to actually buy what you are putting out because they get to associate themselves with someone who's a winner. So you got to win championships in order for people to buy your jerseys, to buy your sneakers. People want to aspire to be like you. If you're not doing those things, then the, the people 
who gravitate towards you, you're going to start losing that because you're not producing anything in that caliber that they want to aspire to. And now Kyrie has lost those endorsements. And, you know, he, he doesn't have like the, the following and the power that he has. It has to be tied to something. If you're not winning anything, why are people going to be investing in you? And I look at a lot of like these players. And that's why, you know, I worry about the state of the league because there is so much money that's going around that it makes me wonder, are people losing sight of why it is that people are interested in them in the first place? They're not interested in you necessarily from like a social media standpoint. People gain their interest in you from the content that you are putting out, content that was created on a basketball court. The Kyrie has proven that, you know, he's a part-time player. You know, this whole entire thing with COVID, people were wondering if he was going to show up before COVID. You know, he was injured when he when they had the opportunity to come and play in the bubble. It was like, no, I don't want to play in the bubble and other people shouldn't play in the bubble either. So it's like, do you really want to be a basketball player and be known as that as the driving force for why people follow you? Or what is it that you really want? That's why when you look at even the net situation, they brought in Kyrie as a way to get Durant. So a lot of teams now are looking at the fact of if you're not getting Durant because of Kyrie, then what what are you really offering? Them taking Zach and trying to trade for Kyrie, who we can see with Durant not being there, it's not like he's helping that team get better. What are you really trading for? Like a part-time player, a guy who is interested in following his own self and you know, he doesn't really want to be coached. Who's who's kind of blown up franchises wherever he's left. That that doesn't benefit the Bulls at all. I I don't. The reason I don't want him here is just because of all the other stuff. Kyrie can hoop. Obviously, he is a hooper. And the funny thing is that like you've seen him, you've seen him ball out now approaching the trade deadline. Like he he's been hooping like hooping hooping and uh just like with all that other stuff like outside of basketball um the one thing one of the things that we seem to like lack which is a huge thing is like cohesiveness and that team chemistry right like we see again like everything it's always like we see flashes of good things and flashes of like the chemistry flashes of like that the energy and effort but um the last thing you need is somebody to come and shake things up and maybe that's just like a pessimistic point of view but um yeah with, with all that other stuff it's just I'm kind I kind of worry about that you know it's just he can turn it on he can also turn it off and I just don't want that to rub off on our already our already lacking team chemistry that we have going on so um with uh with the vaccine stuff with the video stuff he chose not to play in that I'm not saying anything about that I'm just saying on how that would affect our team if he came but he can hoop for sure like it's just funny to see how crazy he's been doing up until the deadline and then all of a sudden drops this bomb <laughs> so I don't think that's a problem that I am potentially willing to deal with with all of our other things we need help on so and that's the thing yeah. it's it's no it's no like everybody knows that Kyrie can hoop. Like nobody's questioning his talent. The question is like, 
is that are his skills transferable to winning? And it is like a lot of the other stuff. Even when like um, him and Durant came out and were like, oh, you know, they don't need coaches, which might be the case. They, they might be so gifted um, from a basketball standpoint that they might not need direction. But there's other guys on the team who actually do need direction. Like they need somebody there who is helping them get to that next level. And understanding that if you're like one of the main persons who is supposed to be a leader on the team, that does not do anything for team, team chemistry, um, but destroy it. And, you know, I, I would, I think everybody is in love with watching what he can do on the basketball court by himself. He's one of the most talented players in the NBA, but he's also, you know, one of the most mercurial and you, you just don't know when he is going to bring it and when he's not going to bring it. And when he does bring it, does it transfer to winning? Which is something that the Bulls have not been doing consistently. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I don't necessarily know how that would fix any of the problems that are on this Bulls team. Unless, of course, they could like keep all of their talent and just add Kyrie to it, then I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, fine. We need some extra talent like that. But if you're talking about taking him out for any of the players that are on this team currently, I just don't see how it would help them in the win-loss column. Yeah. And on top of that, Matt is a generational liar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> remember when he was with the Cavs and he was on the stage with the little kid and little kid's like, are you going to leave us like LeBron did? He's like, no, I'm not going to leave. Went to Boston. <laughs> Told everybody in Boston, yeah, I'm re-signing with Boston. I'm staying here. Left. <laughs> we got, got to Brooklyn. Uh, that's nowhere I would leave my man Durant anywhere. Right. Ask for a trade. That's, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, he left. He's leaving KD. Like, hello. And he did this last year, the same thing. Durant got hurt. He's like, okay, I want to trade out of here. <laughs> Durant comes back and Durant's like, well, if he's leaving, I'm leaving. I want to trade. They get get him situated. They're both playing this year. Durant gets hurt. I'm going to be traded before the deadline. (laughs) People are looking like, okay, what's Durant going to do? They're not even really worried about Kyrie. Everybody's kind of like, okay, is Durant going to request a trade too? Because we'll trade for him. I, I only thing I see happening with Kyrie is him being traded to the Lakers for Westbrook, and then you got <laughs> Kyrie and LeBron again, and Westbrook and Katie. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't even know if, if that's even something like that. Brooklyn, like, do you do that if you're Brooklyn? Like, you take like Westbrook and like the Lakers' future draft picks, like those horrible even, picks. They're, they're, they're not even draft picks that are like going to be happening anytime soon. Like it's like 27 and 28, I think. 27 and 29. Yeah, 27 to 20. Like, yeah. Like how does that help them? Like you're kind of best if, if you're the Nets, just like, Hey, just stick with it until things go just bottom out that way. Because like when you're looking at a player like him and the fact that he played with LeBron and LeBron will play LeBron tries to angle so that he gets the most talent on his team. So if LeBron wants to play with you, 
then you are one of those players who is like an upper echelon talent. So you didn't, it didn't work out with LeBron. So now you, you want teams to sign you when it didn't work out with LeBron. It didn't work out with Durant, who is like one of your best friends. Like why would another team trust you to be with any other players who are lesser talent when we've seen what has happened when he's played with players who are lesser talent? Like I, it just it doesn't make basketball sense at all. Well, he is a unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, and has told the Nets he's not going to resign. So to not let him walk for anything, you take those little two horrible picks and Westbrook and hope that, you know, uh, Katie and Westbrook reunion could do something. But it'll be interesting, like, who is the team that is going to actually sign Kyrie? Because he's he wants that max money. So it's going to be interesting to watch, like, okay, when he does, like, get traded or whatever, or they play out the season, what team is going to, like, pony up the money? Like, you're looking at, like, what, a $200 million bill, pretty much? Well, three teams have been mentioned with entrance and trading forums, the Lakers, it's the Mavs, and the Heat. Lakers are in every single trade conversation. Oh, the Suns, yeah. too. Yeah, the Suns. I saw that, too. Yeah, but a lot of times, that's like agents mentioning that teams are meant, like interested. That's like not a definite like that it's going to happen. But it's, it, there's going to be some team that is going to like shell out that money. And within <laughs> like four months, they're going to be upset the lakers will probably gladly do this for the time being but even for the lake show like <laughs> that that crazy is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way like lakers because when it happened lebron tweeted out the eyes <laughs> like mm-hmm. like oh he wants to trade that's so i'm like yeah it, it's going to be lakers because lebron obviously wants him back <laughs> Yeah, turning your franchise over to two players who have shown teams that they are willing to leave you. And once they leave, you are the worst for it. So it's it's gonna be interesting. Side note, did you see that? <laughs> did you see Tristan? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. Who? Tristan Thompson. I don't know how he got a job as an analyst on ESPN <laughs> because nobody you- wants to hear him. Yes, how do you have Tristan Thompson and Kendrick Perkins? <laughs> but, but Tristan says he, he texts Kyrie and's like, yeah, let's let's get the band back together. <laughs> we can do it on the West Coast. Who's gonna tell Tristan? <laughs> Who's gonna tell him? <laughs> he said, and then he said um he said, yeah, he put a heart emoji, so I know he read it. <laughs> okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's be honest. Like Tristan Thompson is known more for women that he's impregnated than anything that he has done on a basketball court. So, like, what type of insight is Tristan Thompson giving? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. What's what's the draw? What's the appeal of having Tristan Thompson? on your broadcast. 
Y'all are speechless like I am. Like, I'm trying to understand. Like, I got nothing. I have no idea why him or Kendrick Perkins are NBA analysts. And everybody is silent. I got nothing. Uh, uh, this is funny. Kyrie is out tonight versus the Wizards. So it begins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get... I'm pretty sure that they're sick of him and they, they want him gone. <laughs> they're just going to go ahead and get rid of him yeah. so they don't have to deal with him anymore. Side note, Isle has reached his 41-game starter criteria for the season and is now eligible to receive 5.2 mil from 2.2 mil qualifying offer in the offseason since he is a restricted free agent. What do you think the Bulls are going to do? That's like Oops. the easiest transaction the Bulls could make. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you sign him up right away. Like, that's not even – that's a no-brainer. I hope so. Yeah, they're definitely going to extend the qualifying offer. Congrats to Io. Shout out to the hometown kid. And I would, they need to extend the qualifying offer to Kobe too, because that makes him a restricted free agent if they extend that. So they can match anything and let the market set its price for Kobe. Kobe is one of those interesting players where, like, if you were just going off of stats, you would be like, why are we, like, why are people interested in having – because, like, he's not shooting the ball, like, the best that he has throughout his career. But there has been so much growth in Kobe, like, from a just from a defensive standpoint alone. And now we see him, like, being comfortable with not just taking shots, but like where he needs to take his shots. Um, I would love to see him expand more, like when he gets to the rim, just feeling more com- confident and which he has shown this year, being more confident once he gets to the rim and just taking the jumper instead of like just seeing what we see in the, in all of the NBA where, Oh, we got a free reign to the rim. So let's kick it out for a three point or something. That I still don't understand. Um, but like there's been so much growth in his game that you just wouldn't necessarily see by looking at the stats on a nightly basis. But I am like super excited about the growth that he's shown. Um, and just being like, just from knowing where, like the spots that he needs to be in from a defensive standpoint, it's been, it's been awesome to see. Yeah. It's like, his numbers don't really say much, um, but the eye test does. You can see he's gotten better defensively, handling the ball. I mean, it's, it's been said that the Bulls have turned down several trade offers for Kobe. So teams are interested in him, and the Bulls aren't just going to give him up for anything. So if he's still here after Thursday, <laughs> you got to extend the qualifying offer because, I mean, there's no guarantee that they don't move him before next week. And being that they're rumored to be looking for guard help, 
and we have a ton of guards <laughs> already. Yeah, like you can't necessarily replace speed. That's something that that Kobe is learning how to change speeds, like use his speed correctly. And um, just like the timely three-point shooting that he's offering, which is something that this Bulls team, like we have a bunch of guys who are reluctant to take shots. Kobe is not reluctant to take shots. And now like he has not just the confidence, but he actually is showing to be fairly consistent, even though, you know, not necessarily um, the percentage wise is or not necessarily showing that this is the best that he's shooting throughout his career, but he's also taking more of those three point attempts than he was previously. And he's doing so much more in a limited amount of time that he's been on the court. I would love to see Kobe on the court for a longer periods playing with the, um, with the uh, starters, like giving him minutes in that space and like opening up things for them, especially when their offense starts to become stagnant. But um, yeah, that's definitely one of those things where it's like, no, you don't just give up Kobe white for absolutely nothing or, or some, someone that you hopefully think will turn into a, a viable NBA player in the future. Right. And then there are other rumors that teams don't know what the Bulls are going to do at the deadline. And we're like, well, you're in the same boat as us because we have no idea what they're going to do. Um, It's been said they're not going to trade Vooch. It's been kind of a weird year where nobody really knows, I think, what they're going to do because there's so many teams who are within distance of making the playoffs. And it's like, do you just totally, uh, you know, take a gun to your season and just end it all when you're so close? Or do you start adding pieces? Um, that's one of the things that I was worried about as this year progressed because you see so many teams like, nope, like you mentioned before, Every roster has some type of limitations to it. And this is very important to have an understanding of that you have the right coach to kind of move things forward because you're seeing coaches around the NBA who have less, who seem to have an understanding of what they want to do with their team and the roles are already defined, but they're dealing with injuries of Relatively, the Bulls have been pretty much like they haven't had any major injuries that they've been dealing with that we didn't already know about. You know, we knew about Lonzo. So it was just a matter of, you know, guys fitting in and taking on more of a burden or, you know, expanding their role on the team. But, um, you know, it, not having a coach who has those defined roles for their team is a hindrance. And the Bulls need they need to figure a lot of things out in a short amount of time because we're up against it. Like it can't be where you believe in Billy, but all of the players that you also bought are just terrible. And it can't be where all of the players are good, but like Billy's a problem. You extended Billy. So you, the, the bulls are at that point where they're, they have to pick a lane. Like, and as far as like not knowing what they're going to do, we didn't know that <laughs> Billy got extended. So, you know, um, I guess like all of us are in the dark as to what the future of this team is moving forward. 
I, I joke that they've already secretly extended Vooch. <laughs> it's going to come out after Thursday that Vooch signed an extension. But yeah, like you said, they they have to pick a lane because it's like a stat that's like there's a 39% chance that the Bulls make the playoffs and there's a 33% chance they're in the lottery. But Sham said the other day on the radio that the Bulls never want to be in the lottery again. And they're committed to making the team better and winning. You can't do that with Billy. <laughs> That's the thing. It doesn't matter what what improvements we make to the roster if we can't change some of the uh, – I don't want to – okay, if we can't change the coach. <laughs> but at least – see, I'm not as – I'm not as uh, harsh, I guess, but you got to inject a little bit more reality into it. We just <laughs> never mind. Hey, look, I've been in the kitchen before, and you know, I bought ingredients for like a well-prepared meal. Here we go. <laughs> but if you're looking around at everybody and you're like, okay, so who's cooking this? You know, who <laughs> who's putting? It doesn't matter what kind of ingredients you're putting together. If you don't have anybody that can cook the food, it means absolutely nothing. Like you could take Michael Jordan, who we've been celebrating the past few days, and put him on this team. But if like there is no direction at all, that's the one no exception. That is the one exception. <laughs> that is the one exception. Yeah, use somebody else in this example. <laughs> what what I'm gonna what I'm saying is, if you take him on this team. But everybody else has absolutely no idea no. what they're doing. You're you gonna pick have somebody to else. Have a playoff team. I know. Wait, hold on, hold on. Just, just, just switch that ingredient out real quick. Just All right, because you're going to move to Jordan's direction. <laughs> he made sure of that. That's why you gotta use somebody else. Right. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, if you are sabotaging everything else. What I'm saying is, even if you have a player of Michael Jordan's caliber, you are sabotaging everything else and making it hard. Can we just admit that it would be hard? We would be making Michael Jordan's job harder. No. If we did not. Okay. I just need to change the direction. No. Let's just change it up. Yeah, change it up. <laughs> Jordan took the cocaine express to the playoffs. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder if there's somebody on cocaine who is running things for this team. What? With the directions that they're doing, like there's like been no direction. So it's like on drugs, not understanding that the offense works better if you just give it to the tallest man on the court. You can bring it to your booch. Yes. You're saying that's actually effective, and we should actually stick with what works. Let's <laughs> let's make it let's make it somebody different. Yeah, please. You can restart, if, but just if you take Steph and just throw him on this Bulls team. The Bulls are going to be marginally better. But if nobody has any identifiable roles in order to help Steph along in the process, it doesn't mean anything. Like, And we saw that with, we saw that with the Warriors because when they had Mark Jackson as their coach and people weren't in the roles that they needed to be on with the same exact player, Steve Kerr comes in. He's like, okay, you know what? We're going to start Draymond Green and we're going to have a lineup that has Igudala and Barnes and Draymond and Clay and Steph. 
oh, we're going to play this death lineup at the same time when these same players did not play one minute together before Kerr got there. That's a big problem. Like you need to have somebody who has basketball sense to make the ingredients that people thought could not work, make them actually work. So I apologize. I should not have used the greatest NBA player who has ever graced the cover of, of any type of uh, major news outlet. I should not have used Michael Jordan. That was a bad example. The disrespect the day after Jordan Day on Jordan year. Derek's wearing a, are you wearing a Jordan jersey? Of course. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Jordan shirt. I guess I, I, worded it, I worded it incorrectly. I was trying to say that like even having a player like Michael Jordan, like you could sabotage even something that should work. So I did um, word that incorrectly. But yeah, if you take any of the top tier talent in the NBA right now, and you don't have somebody to put it together in the right way. It, you're just you're just sabotaging yourself. It just it doesn't matter what you do. And I hope the Bulls front office can pick pick a lane, as Derek said earlier. Like you got to decide because time is running out quickly. Like you did use Mark Jackson, which is kind of perfect because he's not coached ever again <laughs> since <laughs> <laughs> leaving Golden State. And you see Golden State has gone on to win championships and has been pretty much the dominating team in the LeBron era. Well, like we did this with Kyrie, but like um, who would like be quick to sign Kyrie? Let's do like for all these people who are like Billy apologists or whatever. If Billy got fired today before the Portland game, what team in the NBA is going to be looking at Billy saying, we need to sign this guy. Let's get rid of our coach that we have right now and let's hire Billy Donald. Nobody. Yeah. Like I said, I think he was decent from last year and that's it. From what we, everything that, all the changes that we had going on last year, I think he was decent for the first year of, the core thing together, but is I don't. He doing anything to push us forward? No, no, he's not. <laughs> I don't think it was decent last year. You don't? No, it. it was Demar having a historic run where he's breaking Wilt Chamberlain records. Even Billy, oh well, we were a couple of buzzer beaters away from a play in last year that Demar hit. True. I give him no credit, nothing. Zero, zilch, nada. He's an idiot. <laughs> Get him off my team. Well, it's interesting that you said that about DeMar last year because, you know, when we think about it, Booch did not have a good year last year. And now we're seeing Booch is having, like, as much as we, like, talk badly about Vooch or other people have said like Vooch doesn't like do whatever. Vooch has been the most consistent player on this team this year and has kind of like put to bed all of those concerns that we had about him not being able to finish around the rim. Everybody remember that? Like, couldn't finish around the rim, couldn't shoot three-pointers, but now we're seeing, oh, hey, wait a minute. 
this team actually works a lot better. Like we could cut down on turnovers if we were operating from making Booch the focal point of how the offense should run. And like, it feels like in many ways, like Billy is running off of like information from the past where like Derek mentioned, it was DeMar having a historic year. DeMar is having a good year this year, but it's not like running the offense primarily through him is not what's in the best interest of the team presently. And like we have enough information to, to go off of the fact that they are fairly successful when they involve Vooch early and often. But I feel like Billy is going off of like last year's stats. He, he needs to upgrade his cell phone. Like I tell people, like, you going off of the old technology, like upgrade what you have. Cause like, it's evident to everybody except for Billy, apparently. I, I never not like Vooch. I always like Vooch, but I just uh, did not necessarily, his style of play didn't necessarily fit because he wasn't being utilized properly. But we all know when we run, we run the offense through him and he's the facilitator, we are good. Like people are moving, there's off ball movement, we're setting screens and he, that allows for some spacing too. And he's so versatile as a center. And um, yeah, I've said that before, he is our most, probably our most consistent player. Um, and he's an unselfish player too. So if we can just like, it's just a matter of getting, getting some plays drawn up and us running actual offense instead of us defaulting to our ISO ball. And that's not a, that's not a knock on Demara. I hate it when people are like, they, they are coming at Demar for that, those reasons when, I mean, what do you, what do you want him to do? Like if offense isn't working, there's nothing being run. Like, is he just going to sit? Like, of course he's going to do what he's got to do, but that's what he does. He's a scorer. So for people to be complaining about DeMar, that's crazy. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And that's not, that is not on DeMar. That is on, that is on the coach. And we can have, we can also agree that, I mean, missing a point guard, a true point guard to run the ship, like, is not Demar's fault. Demar's gonna do what he's gonna do. That's always been his game, and that's not a fault on him. But if we can start running offense through Vooch more consistently, we have a completely different game, and we see that. We see that a lot of times in like the first half, and then it's the same thing. Like second half is a completely different game, and we default back to what we were doing last year: ISO ball, whether it's Demar or Zach. Yep. Like going back. Oh, go ahead. Even going back to last year. We were good before the All-Star break because we had Lonzo out there. And Lonzo is great at getting people into their spot. So Lonzo was getting Zach and DeMar easy baskets in their spot. Both were, like, crazy efficient. Lonzo goes down. Zach's hurt. So it became okay, let's, we got to go through DeMar, and DeMar was putting up historic numbers, which pretty much kept us afloat to hold on to the sixth seed because we dropped from one to six. Lonzo also likes to play fast. Vooch, Vooch isn't going to play fast. That's why he wasn't really used or that effective last year because that was, that's not his game. This year, you don't have Lonzo. 
So you're just trying to push everything through Damar instead of drawing plays up. You're just like, oh, throw it to Damar, let him go to work. If you get it in the Vooch, you see Vooch is now, he doesn't have to play fast that much. So he's in the post more. He's able to pass out of the post. He's able to see where people need to be. And then that opens up his outside game. That's why you run the, you need to run the offense through Vooch this year. And we've said, you know, Vooch, Vooch can go because Vooch, Vooch is lazy when he's not getting involved. So he's kind of like, uh, whatever, they're not involving me. So that's why we said Vooch should go because it's Billy not using him correctly. It's not that Vooch is a bad player. And all of that comes back down to Billy has been trash since last year. <laughs> and he's even more apparent that he's trash this year. So I give him nothing, man. Well, I mean, the, the one thing, like, now that I'm actually paying for um, to be able to watch these games, I'm, I'm able to see, like, around the league, there, there are a lot of players like wing players primarily who have like more capable big men on their team that a lot of these guys just are not getting the ball to on a regular basis. Even like, for example, in Houston, Houston has like one of the most talented centers in the league that I've seen, uh, Singoon, uh, that second year player, but they don't like you have Porter and you have green and like, they do not look for him often and early. And the guy could really average like a triple double the bulls. And like, you have like these players who are putting up numbers, but they're not doing it in an efficient manner. Damar is one of the few wings in the league who can put up numbers efficiently, not shooting like 44% or, you know, 45%. He's going to shoot close to 50% in, in the, um, with his stats for the year, just consistently. The Bulls have the ability to not just play fast, but to also slow the tempo down. And that's one of like the reasons that I get like frustrated watching this team, because whereas you mentioned that Bush does not have like to play fast, that might be the case, but they have the opportunity to play fast and to play slow. They could design their offense around being more efficient in those slower moments, but they do have the, the ability to run a little, like be more effective with their pace. And you just, you have not seen it. And with the talent that this Bull, Bulls team has offensively, to not recognize that just from a person who is like a layman like me, just looking from the outside, looking in. I don't have the basketball knowledge that I'm sure a lot of players and like the coaching staff on this Bulls team has, but for them to not be able to effectively identify their strengths and weaknesses and harness their strengths and just mitigate those weaknesses. It's just, it's mind boggling to me that they have not been able to do that consistently, even without having, you know, a point of, a point guard, like they have a point guard, but not having an experienced point guard to run the type of offense that they're trying to do. So it's just, it is kind of um, crazy. It's definitely our offense that needs the most help as we were kind of talking about um, that report that Kirk Goldsberry always does the efficiency landscape over the last 10 games. As of February 5th, the bulls are ranked 
best defense. Um, so what does that tell you? I mean, it's, it's, our, it's obviously our offense, but we're ranked best defense over the last 10 games. And even prior to the last 10 games, I think we were floating right around like top 10. Um, I know the teams that we've played the last 10 games kind of affect that, but um, prior to we've been ranked around top 10. So imagine if we can get the offense together too. We could if Billy just kept playing for Vooch. <laughs> but and like I said before, he's, okay, guys, that worked in the first half. They're going to expect that. Let's do something else. <laughs> just give it to DeMar. It's like, no, you idiot. Just keep playing through Vooch. It's it's a simple game, as Stacy says. It is interesting watching, like, hearing people say, like, you know, they don't want to hear Booch be like in the post. I don't think anybody wants to watch a game where Booch is just trying to back defenders down. But like to have um, one of the most skilled big men in the league, because like whatever one people want to say about Booch, he is one of the most skilled big men in the league that can, you know, you can run a pick and roll with, he can hit from the three, and he's an effective passer. Like, you want to cut down on turnovers. How about getting him the ball in certain positions where he can actually be the one who is passing the ball around to players and helping them get into their spots. I get. <sighs> and and I that's what we stopped. mean. That's what we mean by play through Vooch. It's not, Oh, let him take 30 shots in the post. No, it's give him the basket and let him get the guys in the flow of offense. Let him dictate how the offense is going to play out. <laughs> yeah, part of it's, that is on it's simple. It's partly on players because, like, the players should be able to recognize who has what going at the right time. But you also need that guy with like the reset button who's like, "Okay, guys, no, no, we see what you were doing for a little bit, but let's go back to our fundamentals." That's what it is. That's the word that I was looking for: fundamental principles. What are your principles for how you want your offense to be ran? And you don't see that on a consistent basis. You see a lot of confusion that is going on. When The, the funny thing is, if you watch these teams with the Bulls, the Bulls the, or the, the other teams are not doing anything to affect the Bulls' offense. What the teams are doing, if you closely look at it, they are saying to themselves, the Bulls are not willing to do the same thing that they have been continuously doing. So like teams aren't really adjusting so much. They're just betting on the fact that the Bulls are not going to stay consistent with what it is that they are doing that made them successful. That's why you see a lot of these, these leads evaporate. When you were looking at that Clippers game, Clippers didn't do much of anything different. You know, they still ran the same exact defensive principles, but they knew at a certain point, you know what? Bulls aren't going to stick with it. We're still a half-court team. You saw the Clippers running a lot of half-court offense and slowing it down, and they did that from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. So, like, teams aren't playing them differently. It's just the Bulls are not doing consistently staying with what it is that is working. And they're shooting themselves in the foot for it. That's something we talk about every episode, like that lack of identity, lack of consistency, just not 
not setting the standard and it's unfortunately inconsistent but like every episode it's like we know what they can do if they just stick with the formula but we don't do that like every episode i blame billy Because he would just say, you know, it's, it's, it's on the players to recognize who's got it going. No, because when somebody has it going, Billy sits him down. <laughs> yeah. I.O. scored 10 of our 17 points in the first quarter, and then Billy's just like, all right, come on, sit down. Let him cook. <laughs> That's what we shouting at the TV. I'm like, let him cook. Why are you taking him out? When I looked at Vooch and he had like those eleven points and like Billy was like versus the Clippers, it was like, all right, Billy, like you had it. I was like, wait a minute, they haven't played in two games. <laughs> he can't be top. I understand like you have like substitution patterns, but you can't tell me like if you've been off for for two days that automatically after seven minutes or six minutes, six and a half minutes, that you automatically need to take a breather like I don't understand that like I've seen players play extended minutes in the first quarter and be perfectly fine I don't I don't get it because he does not break away from his substitution patterns any good coach would know sometimes the game dictates that you don't use that same pattern that you're used to he just does it anyway and then, like, even Stacy said something on the broadcast about Vooch coming out in that game. He's like, he's got it going. You, you, you don't sit him right now. Billy said him. The fact that that's like a lot of our first reactions to when somebody's like hot, like, please, Billy, don't, please don't take him out. Like, when, when Drummond was cooking that, those 15 minutes, my immediate reaction was, don't sit him. Like, I think I even tweeted that. Like, as soon as he started getting hot, I'm like, please don't sit him. <laughs> it's the fact that that's our immediate reaction when somebody catches a hot hand or is just out there with some fire. And it doesn't matter who it is. Like it, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Like, like Pat could be Pat, Pat. Like there's been a couple of games where Pat has started off hot. It's like, all right, it's time for you to sit. Ayo, the last <laughs> game. How many points did Ayo score? Like in yeah. the. He had 10 of our 17 and at least at him. All right, young man, you've had enough. <laughs> You're only what 20, 22, 23 years old. Could play 40 minutes every night if you wanted to on those young legs. But yeah, you've had enough, young man. Gotta load. Is Billy just trying to load manage everybody? Does he understand how load management works? Like you don't <laughs> you don't have to do that with the younger guys or I mean, I, I don't know. He's Tibbs in reverse. <laughs> Tibbs will play you 40 minutes a night. Billy's like, ah, oh, you're 20. Come on, sit down. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> we've got game time tonight. At home at the UC. Yeah. One of the players that people are like, I don't know why people like are, are in love with this Anthony Simmons. Like I've seen a lot of like trade Zach for Anthony Simmons and draft picks. Like, okay. 
six foot three and doesn't play any defense. <laughs> Not really a point guard. Okay, that makes sense. For a guy who's a efficient 24 point scorer and has been better on the defensive end, been an all star <laughs> twice. Yeah, let's. Play- let, <laughs> it's like let's just play let's just trade him for this guy who's done nothing <laughs> I mean Zach is two time all-star and shout out to Debo for being a six time all-star and making the all-star team this year I've seen some people saying he they don't know how he made it, and I'm like, you're absolutely crazy. Well, people were questioning that? Yeah, people were questioning DeMar making an all-star reserves. Did you see that mostly from Bulls fans or just NBA fans? I've seen Bulls fans question it. Somebody, I don't know how he made it. I'm like, are you serious? It's like, there are some Bulls fans that are so obsessed with this. Oh, he he's killing our offense when he isos, and I don't understand. We need to trade him, and that'll free up Zach and Vooch, and we'll be better off if we trade tomorrow and get picks for him. They're the same ones. They're like, I I don't know how he made the All Star team. Like, so that that group, yeah, that group. That group. I'll be <laughs> honest and say that I I have said like, if the Bulls are going to stick with this going forward, then it doesn't make sense to keep this team the way it is, like presently. If you if they believe in Philly, which I don't know why they would, but like this same team that like, you know, begged Billy to join them, and you have players who just aren't necessarily listening or players who don't fit his vision, then, you know, if that's what you believe in, then go ahead and make the trade and like get some pieces to surround, like decide if you're going to surround them with whomever, but to just like, it, it makes me wonder like, what this, like I said, like I can't be on social media all the time because sometimes it makes me wonder, like, do you all like the players that you, that we have like these, very efficient, entertaining players who are playing their butts off. Like it's not like Demar. Demar is Demar is good. Like he's really good at his job. Helped uh, Pat. Like I don't see anybody else who is a, uh, you know, helping Pat elevate his game on this team, or any other coaches who have offered any type of suggestions for Pat to get better on this team. Or, you know, he's one of the, the leaders on this team. Like, who? I don't know. It's surprising when you when I hear things like that. People are like, just get rid of him because he's killing the offense when he's like the efficient part of our offense. <laughs> it, yeah, like he's, he's the one that's been taking the younger players under his wing. Mm-hmm. Pat, Io, Dalen. And you're not even giving Dalen the chance. Like, they called Dalen up from Windy City just to, like, <laughs> surprise DeMar and tell him he made the All-Star. And then they sent him right back down to Windy City. 
And he, what did he have? Like 15 points, 11 assists or something like that? Mm-hmm. Marco had like 21. Carlique, because he had a 41-point game. Now I'm seeing people put him on the Bulls. Give, give Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Why don't we play Carlique? Mm-hmm. He's not scoring 40 in the NBA. Sorry. It, it, it's not happening. Um, you play Dalen before you play Carlique because mm-hmm. Carlique's just on a two way contract. This is your actual draft pick. Free Dalen. <laughs> Free Dalen. You know what? It's obvious. Like obviously, you played Dalen before. Um, before um, Carlique, but the thing is, like when you look at like. Caruso and the way Caruso plays and the injuries you've had to Caruso and Javante for them not to like get these other guys like give them like a limited amount of experience it just it doesn't make any sense like you don't want to exhaust much of your players who like with you have a, a player like Caruso who goes all out the way he does at some point they're going to need to have to sit Caruso and let him rest so that he does not hurt himself like to protect him going forward not only himself but for the team I would think that you would find ways to get these guys in the game like don't just have them on the bench as cheerleaders like the Bulls have cheerleaders they don't need anybody else cheering from the bench It, it just does not make any sense that they have players who are capable that they do not play just in spot duty, like, you know, we need some, like, some filler, you know. I, Even just to bring the energy when the Bulls are just, like, deflated, just bring the energy. Dalen's energy is, like, crazy. Like, as soon as you put him in, he's all over the place. That's at the very least. And it's not like he's incompetent because the limited times that we've seen Dalen on the court, he has been communicating. He has deed up players. In the limited amount of time that he has been on that court, he hasn't looked totally overwhelmed. Like from an offensive standpoint, you know, he's a work in progress. Defensively and communicating and being in the right spots that he's supposed to be in, he has not looked overmatched. I have not understood why they have not been able to find or carve out some type of role for him on this team, especially with the team losing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Insert Derek comment. <laughs> an idiot. There we go. Um, like Marco. Marco was drafted in 2020. You know how many minutes Marco averages in the NBA for his career? 3.5. I'm surprised it's that high. <laughs> 3.5 since being drafted in 2020. Why do you just have him stuck in the G League? He's in the sunken place and playing in Winnie City for his whole career because he probably only has, what, another season left on his contract? And somebody will probably give him a chance and he'll put up like 20 points, 20 rebounds when he plays us. And it's so interesting because you had Vooch last year. We didn't have any viable backup for Vooch last year. 
Pat was out. You didn't play. Who were we playing? If we didn't play Tony Bradley, like who were we? Who else was on this team that was a big man? Now that I'm thinking about it, who were Tristan. We Tristan. <laughs> who? We had. What is the dude's name? Um, Alize Johnson. We had Alize Johnson. Oh, Alize. Wow. <laughs> then we then we went through playing Tony Bradley and quickly shelved that and signed Tristan Thompson. That's right. We had Thompson on this. I, I completely forgot Thompson was on this team. <laughs> because at no point did they say, you know, we drafted this guy. <laughs> That we've had in the G League, why don't we give him a shot? No, you 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 have a guy named after liquor and <laughs> Tony Bradley and Tristan Thompson. And you know, I don't want to harp because I think Derek has hit this like point a lot throughout <laughs> the episode. Billy's an but, idiot. <laughs> like it is interesting that. For a, an amount of time, Billy Billy got us convinced that Daniel Theus was a more viable NBA player than Laurie Markinen. I mean, think about that for a step for a second. Like people were clamoring, oh, you, like when he got put on this team, they were like, oh, we gotta have Daniel Theus. And like people were like pushing. Lori to the side because Billy could not find the correct role to use him, use him in a way that would actually benefit the Bulls. Like that is the danger that Billy has had on this team, aside from not developing players, but actually even like Kobe throughout like Kobe's tenure. And like, I know part of that has been with Boylan, but even like in the, the, couple of years like oh many of us were convinced that kobe could not play under billy so like, how many players do we have to like see not develop and go to a different team and actually ball out of their mind like i didn't want to go down this path because i know like derek is like he's uh leading us all down this path with the pitchforks uh, and he has hey. a career going and he's driving a tank at the same time. <laughs> I don't put Billy on Lori. That was Boylan. Boylan ruined Lori and by just telling her, hey, I don't know what to do with you. Still stand in the corner and she threes. Lori has alluded to Boylan like ruining his game and messing with his confidence by just having him stand in the corner. So I, I'm not going to put that one on Billy. Yeah, but he didn't help. And now he's in he wasn't really time. here. <laughs> what? He and wasn't he... really here for Lori. He was there. If if you have a first round draft pick and you don't use him adequately, and then you watch him because like when he went to Cleveland last year, as much as we like were saying, no, oh, you know, Lori was whatever. Lori was a pretty big option for that team in fact the team built their offense around starting a bunch of big people they were like we got to find a way to get Lori on the court Lori was actually having a pretty good year for cleveland last year goes to utah and is now balling out of his mind 
I'm not saying that I'm putting it all on Boylan, but at what point have you looked at Boylan, identify a player and be like, you know what? I'm going to make this guy my project to mold him into my vision of him. Like, have we seen Boylan have any type, not Boylan, but um, Billy, have we seen Billy do that with any of the players that are on his team where we can be like, oh yeah, Billy had that impact on that player? No, but like I said, it was <laughs> that one was Boylan because Laurie's checked out already because of Boylan. And then what they traded for Tice and got Vooch, and you obviously don't put Vooch and Lori <laughs> next to each other because that wouldn't have worked. So it, it was I need a defensive player next to Vooch, which is why they started Tice and had Lori off the bench. And Lori was okay, but we knew Lori wasn't going to be on the team anymore after that season. So I I I don't fault Billy for Lori. Did I just get you to back Billy Donovan? Did no, I? No, I don't. I just where you have now become a friend and champion of Billy Donovan. No, <laughs> it was simply that the only coach that I know that is worse than Billy Donovan had already ruined that man by the time Billy got here. Billy has admitted it on live on a live podcast that he is now in Billy Donovan's corner. Or Derek has admitted, I should say. Derek Billy is Donovan needs to be Derek. tied to a rocket and shot out of the United Center <laughs> after a win. Like they, they need to tie him up before the game. And when the Bulls win without him being on the sideline, shoot him out of the United Center the as a firework, guns. as a celebration. The t-shirt guns. <laughs> Blow him out of the tailpipe. With a pack of the gun. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, we, we got the Blazers to <laughs> And... Who do we have after that? We have the Spurs and then the Grizzlies Tuesday. And we play the Nets on Thursday, which is the trade deadline. Uh, I'm going three and four. Three and four? Three and four. Three and one. Yep. That's what you meant. Yeah, I three and one. <laughs> three, three out of four is what I meant to say. Yeah, so three and yeah. one. Um. Yeah, I could buy that. Making a strong push before to like quiet down like the the rumblings of trades. I could buy that. They should not lose to San Antonio. They should be Portland. Memphis, Memphis has kind of been spiraling since uh, Ja came out and said he wasn't worried about anybody else in the in the West. Like that's kind of backfired. Um, and we'll see if uh, Kyrie is on this team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I I think Memphis would be the problem. Yeah, that's what out I of think those too. teams. 
Blazers, Spurs, Memphis, and the Nets. Yeah, I, I would go three and one too, but I think it, we Grizzlies that we have the hardest time beating. I'll go three and one also. That Brooklyn game's on TNT. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not a home game, so it does not count as the TNT Bulls. Yeah, three and one. So, yeah, we will hopefully see the three and one prediction come true. Um, best case four and zero, but yeah, we we will see you guys after the trade deadline and talk about what moves or what moves were made for the Bulls, but. Till next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Just B, what's going on? Nothing much. Just excited about all of these moves that we made recently. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> and of course, we have Melissa. How's it going? What's up, gang? Happy weekend. And equally as excited about <laughs> all of the, all the changes that were made. Really excited about the shooter we added. No, because of course, the Bulls <laughs> made zero moves at the trade deadline. Vooch is still a bull. Kobe's still a bull. Everybody that was on the team before the deadline is still here. <laughs> I mean, I did not expect the Bulls to do anything. Um, I said it was a small chance to you guys because I knew about the whole Zach and the Knicks talk, but materialized to nothing as usual. I wasn't expecting any changes to be major changes to be made. I was hoping there would be some small tweaks, something just minor to at least address like the shooting issue, our glaring, glaring shooting issue, lack of three point shooting. Um, that AK <laughs> says we we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, hey, we, we we also lost to the Nets. A, a team that he also mentioned we got you know a, a team we mentioned that got worse AK we, we got blown out to the nets so there's that so you all watched the um the press <laughs> conference right yeah I did <laughs> I mean it was it was like funny but not in like also funny of a manner um because AK, like, it's that he's to me, and I'm just gonna be real, he sounded like a man who was only as faithful as his options um, <laughs> with this team. Like, like, you know what? We're in this relationship together. Like, we even have a kid, but I'm still keeping my eye open for anybody who will, who will come later. Even saying, you know, we're, we are 
might have to just wait to make some moves later on uh, over the summer. So it it was interesting um, not seeing anything materialize. Um, I wish that he would have like that same belief set when it came to the head coach. Like, you know, you're with us for right now, but um, I'm still looking for somebody else who's, who's going to get this team to where they need to go. Uh, that being said, I looked at a lot of things, and I understand that fans were, like, frustrated by the Bulls not doing anything. But it made me pause and wonder, like, what moves were going to be made that could significantly make this team better than what they are right now? Uh, because the glaring need, more than anything, like, we could talk about shooting or having a big man they don't have a point guard you know <laughs> they do not have a point guard and i do not know who was available out there that the bulls could add to solve that main problem because they're not getting any direction from the current players that they have on the roster io is doing an admirable job in trying to um push the tempo with this team uh, caruso we talked about him ha having that leadership a role and, and really trying to communicate with people on the floor. But as far as having somebody who can get them into set plays, it's not going to come from the bench, anybody on the bench that is chewing gum. Um, so if that's not going to be the case, then we need somebody who can take control of this offense and get this Bulls team in the plays that they need to be in. And I don't know who on the market, who is available that could actually solve that problem. Because if you have somebody like that on your team, the chances are your team is keeping that particular person. So it didn't surprise me not seeing a lot of movement as far as trades go. The fact that like a lot of us in the fan base are excited or wanting rest <laughs> in <laughs> off the buyout market says a lot. I mean, he's a point guard. He can push the pace. Uh, we, we already know the issues with his, his uh, efficiency on shooting, but um, that just says a lot. Obviously, we, we do definitely need to address the point guard issue. We definitely help us with some directions and playmaking. Um, I don't know how he's going to do with like in terms of floor spacing because he does want the ball a lot but um yeah I don't I don't really know that's a that is a very valid point point card is definitely what we need in light of all this new news not so new news not surprising news about so or we can also we should have also been working on developing Dalen but that's another issue that's something that we've been talking about for a while but he's not going to be anywhere close to becoming a starter anytime soon Dayo has been doing what he can, but yeah, I don't know. What what were you guys thinking? I didn't, I didn't really see anybody that would have made sense for us in terms of a point guard. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't upset about not making any trades because I didn't expect it. Um, the whole Zach <laughs> supposed trade, I thought it would have been horrible. They were what was it? Um, Obi Toppin and 
Derek Rose, three first round picks, and Evan Fontier to match the salary. That's like a rebuilding move, and I didn't, I didn't see that actually happening. So, yeah, it's crazy that like people would like put that as an actual trade that does not help the Bulls at all. Um, you would be allowing the Knicks to get significantly better because, like, no matter what people have to say about Levine and um, his decision-making on the court, maybe some of the shot selection that he, you know, people get on him about, that team, like, it would make the Knicks significantly better. They'd be getting rid of players who are not playing for them at all. (laughs) And you'd be bringing in an all-star Olympian, uh, one of the best scorers in the NBA. Like I don't, I don't see how that would make any type of sense for the Bulls at all. Because let's say Zach does go to the Knicks. Well, the Knicks are are a few games over five hundred. They would, he would fill one of the glaring needs that they have. They don't have anybody who can put up points like he can and create for himself. So we be trading him for first round draft picks while helping the Knicks become and stay relevant. And you're not going to be seeing any type of really significant value in those first round draft picks if the Knicks are able to stay a playoff team that's like maybe like what, your fifth or sixth seed? Like I don't see how that helps the Bulls. It definitely doesn't help the Bulls now. And it doesn't do much for me as far as them having anything in the future. But um, I'm actually, I'm kind of excited if they can sign Russ because, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about Russ's game is that he has no fear. Um, He could actually help this Bulls team do something that they need to do more of, as Melissa pointed out, which is push the pace. Um, and you know that he's going to give it his all every single time. Um, we know that Russ is not an efficient three-point shooter, but I'd like to like also point out that as crazy as this might sound, if Russ came to this Bulls team, this would be the best collection of offensive talent that he's played on since he was in OKC with Harden and with Durant. Um, so even with him playing with, you know, Davis and with LeBron, after those two players, this is a significant drop-off on what the what that team has on its roster or had on its roster before they moved Russ with the Lakers, I mean. But if he were to come here and you have Levine, you have uh, Vooch, you have DeMar, you have Patrick, who is turning himself into like a very viable three and D player. You have Caruso, um, Kobe coming off the bench. Like that's a that's a lot better of an offensive team than what we've seen Russ surrounded with in the, the few years that he's been on other teams in OKC, Houston, and with the Lakers. So I I think it would be something that the Bulls would actually benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was not originally a fan of bringing in Westbrook. I mean, he's ball dominant, one way player, can't shoot. It's not just three pointers. He's shooting 42% from the field overall. Can't shoot. We need shooting. 
but he can push the pace. If you have him handling the ball, that's a lot more of Zach not handling the ball, which is a great thing. <laughs> Put him in more catch and shoots. Um, but text Stacy about it, then you no, know, he's on board with it. He says that you no, know, Russ, Russ is going to go out there and compete every night, and he will hold the guys accountable, unlike somebody that I will not name that he named. <laughs> Name him. <laughs> Name him. <laughs> so, <laughs> y'all can make your guesses on who on this team or on the sidelines he was talking about. But might as well. Um, it's a buyout. You're like probably cutting Tony Bradley's who has should have been gone. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and get a rest. Yeah, that's a win-win. I mean, we're not we haven't done anything with Tony Bradley. <laughs> he yeah. <laughs> All we have to do is match his salary. And he's probably only gonna be here if we get him for what the rest of the season. Why not? 27 games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd pay to watch us, like, have somebody escort Tony Bradley out of the Bulls facility like that center did uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Pick him up and carry him out. Like, yeah. I, I would love to see that. <laughs> the fact that that was, like, the only thing that you can think of that's most memorable about Tony Bradley. <laughs> awful. What a, That's just awful. Let me have your jacket too that you guys got in Paris. Let me get that jacket too on your way out. <laughs> Come up off that, bro. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I don't have a problem with some of that making trades. I have a problem with being lied to because AK is a bald faced liar to get on the radio and say, Yeah, um, I mean, we have good shooters. We just don't take enough threes. We, you know, there's teams like Brooklyn who became worse. So there's a spot opening in the East for us to make this playoff push. The same day you lose to Brooklyn, who does not have players available from their trade yet, and you shoot five of 26 from three. What good shooters do we have other than Zach and Kobe sometimes? Pat, who you play 14 minutes and then say after the game, he was healthy. I sent you guys like a clip of like three plays on the first quarter where like, yeah, I cooked on defense. Okay, cool, whatever. To play him 14 minutes, though, how are you letting him learn from his mistakes and develop if he makes a mistake and you're like, well, you're out the rest of the game? To say that Billy Donovan has done a wonderful job was the most bullshit I've ever heard. 
We're in the ninth place. We cannot get to 500. We can get one game below. Then we're getting beat by a sorry team again. And we're on this forever chase just to get to 500 and still be in the play-in. And he's doing a wonderful job. A wonderful job of chewing gum. I don't like liars. And AK is a damn liar. I want to know where the disconnect is. And again, this is something we've been talking about forever and ever and ever. Like, I want to hear what goes down, like, on the bench in the locker room. Like, is it is it our players not executing? Is it Billy not calling for things? And when the when those plays, certain plays don't get run, is there, like, accountability for it? Or just do – is it the players just doing whatever they want? I just want to know – where the disconnect is there. Cause it's like, it's almost, I, I want to believe that's an impossible, an impossible thing for the same mistakes to continue to happen over and over and over and over again. And we all know that like, as athletic as Zach is, we all know that he's like not the best at making decisions, especially in the clutch. Like he's just not, it is what it is and that's nothing new. But I just, again, I want to know where the disconnect is that too. But yeah, what what AK said said about <laughs> about Billy doing a wonderful job. I mean, he's done a mediocre job at best, and I do acknowledge the fact that we do have a lot of we do have things wrong with the roster, obviously. But I don't see much happening in terms of like player development. I wanted. To yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if you all got that um, message that I sent you, like that meme from Seinfeld, where like George is like, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> but I don't, look, I don't mind um, AK like lying. I assume that all of these executives lie to people. Like that, that is not like, it's like, yeah, lie to me. Tell me that you believe in, um, and Pat, all you want to, like, you can, like, have that lie if it is a lie that is going to move me to the team getting better. Like, I don't know, like, I don't think that you can come out and, like, say that, oh, these players suck or whatever, and then, like, that's not going to look good if you're trying to, like, create some type of, like, movement to get other teams interested in them. And even, like, with him coming out and supporting Billy, I'd have no problem doing that if, like, in the next few games, they're like, yeah, Billy's out of here. We're going with somebody else. Like, I, if you're going to lie, that's like, I'm fine with that as long as, like, it's going to be, yeah, we're making some moves, like, underneath here that other people don't know about. When I looked at this team coming in, AK and Billy and like they said before, oh yeah, there's a lot of talent that's on this Bulls roster. A lot of talent. Oh, we're evaluating players. They knew that there are players that they were going to be getting rid of. Oh, I mean, you had to know that there are players that they're going to be getting rid of because like it didn't take them very long to flip this roster over. They didn't come out and say, oh yeah, you know what? These players suck. We need to move off of these players. Um, that's going to be the plan going forward. But in the same instance, I think that there actually is a strong belief that Billy is doing something to make this team better. And that's the thing that I don't quite understand. 
even like with looking at some of the players that AK has brought in, like with Pat, and I know we've talked about Pat and saying how, oh, you know, this is only his second year and everything. But if we had the opportunity beforehand to get this team better and it involved having Pat, I don't understand what it is that they saw that they wouldn't have gotten rid of Pat and like signed someone like a Jeremy Grant, who, by the way, is averaging 24 and like two assists per game. Like that's those are the kind of things that I don't understand. Like as far as like what Melissa said, there is a disconnect. People are coming out and trying to tell you that everything is okay when we've seen from these players throughout the course of the year say basically that things are not okay. Communication is not okay. They're not getting um, the necessary guidance that they have. They haven't come right out and said that specifically, but you can read between the lines with a lot of the statements that these players have been saying, which things are not adding up. Um, so again, if you're going to lie, fine. As long as the roster is going to be changing, <clears throat> excuse me, or Billy's going to be out of here. But there, there just does seem to be this belief that Billy is a big part of the future that they're trying to, to build. And that I don't understand. It's like, don't lie. Just don't answer. Talk about something else. They asked him about giving Billy the secret extension. And that man, Cupid shuffled around that. I've never I seen him like dance know. around something so much other than Lavar <laughs> with answering when Lonzo could play again. It was on that level of dancing around a question. I don't remember them saying, yeah, Jim Boylan's doing a wonderful job. They just didn't say anything about him. And then they fired him. This is a guy they gave a secret extension to, and you're saying, oh, he's doing a wonderful job. That's a lie, but I think that AK does believe that. So that meme you sent was right. It's not a lie if you believe it. Unfortunately, he's dumb enough to believe that. Well, I mean, I'll think about it like this, because I've said this before. In the world of sports, you are going to get people with their inflated egos to, like, the highest extent. If you're coming into this job as the vice president, and like this is basically like his thing that he is building from the ground up. Are you going to like readily admit that, yeah, I um, went out of my way to hire the wrong coach. The free agents that I picked up have not worked out, particularly with Lonzo Ball. And my guys that I am responsible for drafting, they haven't worked out either. Like, I don't see anybody in the world of sports being that open and honest about things. So I think like you, I'm not making any excuses, but like in, in those circumstances, I don't publicly like the bulls, like look like an embarrassment, right? especially with what we were talking about with them, like saying that the East is wide open and going and losing to the nets. But like, are you going to like buy into that national narrative and just fully admit your, your flaws I don't see any executive doing that. So, yeah, like I do see in a way you just getting up on camera and just like bold face lying to everybody who already knows the 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 truth behind the matter. But 
I don't I don't see anybody who is going to like freely admit that yeah, we kind of just royally screwed up here and it started out from our decision making of hiring Billy in the first place. I don't see that level of honesty happening in sports at all. <laughs> on a night we were playing on TNT, it should have been. <laughs> because you got Chuck calling us an embarrassment and saying that we should have blown it up. Kenny Smith is like, well, I know what the Bulls are missing. And Chuck's like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And who's going to disagree with that? Yeah, like, but that narrative, it's not its not nuanced. The Bulls are not in a position to be able to blow anything up. We don't own our first-round draft pick. So, like, we can't just be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like, blow things up. Like, that does not do anything for the now and for the future. There's there is no just blowing it up. Like that, that's out of the options. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the blowing it up. We don't on the first round pick, and then you want to blow it up and get multiple young players under Billy Donovan? No thanks. That part. Yeah, under Billy, under Billy, like the lack of development. That part right there. No thanks. <laughs> And like guys say, it is a disconnect. Um, David Kaplan said Zach and Billy's relationship is the ship has sailed. <laughs> and you know, that's why it was trade rumblings of Zach being moved. Because Zach doesn't like Billy. He hasn't liked him since that benching. And he said that everybody else in the locker room is on Billy's side. So it's looking like we're going down this road again where they chose Fred Hoiberg over Jimmy Butler. And we saw how that turned out. So if they choose Billy over Zach, it, it's not going to be good at all. Yeah, that to me, you have to be careful about like stuff that gets leaked out to the media or narratives um, <clears throat> because people have agendas. Um, there. despite what is going on between Zach and we know Zach hasn't been healthy, Zach is well respected around the league. I can't put any type of belief in this team rallying to be on Billy Donovan's side. And I'm not saying, like, just from the outside looking in, this team does not play for Billy Donovan. They don't like you can't like say like, oh, yeah, they're rallying behind Donovan in the locker room. And in the same instance, watch this same this very same team not compete for the man that they're supposedly rallying around when you need Zach out there. Like everybody understands that Zach is a big part of the Bulls success or possible success moving forward. That's one of those narratives that I don't buy for an instance. I don't know if that's coming from you know, people like in the, maybe the higher ups who are trying to like put something out there to try to control a narrative. But like I there's there's no part of me that you can like walk logically down a pathway where I'm going to believe that a bunch of players are like like who who are these players? Um like is it Caruso, uh Drummond, like <laughs> Damar like come into this like, yeah, Billy. We we're definitely on Billy's side, like Booch. Like, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. Especially when, like when like players' roles haven't been fully defined for them. I don't see 
people being like, yeah, we're all on Billy's side and we need to get Zach up out of here. Like, there's no way you can convince me of that. Yeah, I think the truthful part of that is Zach doesn't like Billy. I think what they don't say where the lie comes in is the players being on Billy's side. I think all of the players don't like Billy. And this is pretty much a push from the liar, AK, to <laughs> make himself look good by still giving Billy an extension when he knows nobody likes Billy. I don't even think Billy likes Billy. It just looks like a lack of respect on both sides, like between the players and the coaches. Obviously, nothing is, nothing makes sense. That's why we are talking about the same thing every every episode. Like, where is the disconnect? Is it, are things just not being executed or is it the players not, is it the players not executing or are calls not being, are the plays not being called? But on like the pressers and stuff, you'll hear DeMar and Zach say, well, we did, every, we did everything that the coach asked of us and, you know, this is still the result. So I just would love to hear what goes on in practices, what get them all mic'd up during the games. <laughs> like what, what is happening? And if that is true and universal across the board that like, you know, they're always running the plays and executing them as asked. So we know for sure that it's a, it's a coaching issue because it's so hard to believe that <laughs> it's so hard to believe that at this level, we're in the NBA that the coaching is this this bad. <laughs> it can't it can't be true. It can't be true. So <laughs> try to figure figure that part out. I want to know like the real what's really going on, and it's all these like speculations and rumors and stuff like that. And, and as Justin said, like everybody's got an agenda to push. But what is what is happening? what is happening yeah like and agendas like you you everybody has to be like careful with agendas and like the thing is is like any reasonable person because i'm gonna like just stepping back with russ like you have people like who are coming out and saying like oh russ will be terrible like this team like doesn't have three-point shooting and it would be funny to me like if they signed russ like some people would find a way to blame the team's lack of shooting on Russ, even though they did not have the shooting before Russ. Like I could see that easily happening because people always want to get on like a, a, a negative narrative train. Um, and it's, it's hard to reason with people um, when you or reasoning with someone individually, it's a lot easier than like dealing with a whole bunch of people who just come out with their own negative statements because that's what they want to focus on. But like looking at a player like Russ, one of the things that you can't argue with is that he is a voice that with playing with lesser players, players listen to him. They followed him. In OKC, when Durant left, those players, and people can say that Russ was stat padding or whatever, those players followed whatever Russ was doing. And if adding Russ and like 
his level of competitiveness, I think that that would ease a lot of the burdens that are going on with this team that does not have an actual locker room voice. And it's nothing against like a Caruso or an Io, but I was like looking at the stats and I'm just being honest with you. Like in that last game, I think it was like, I forget if it was like Pat and Io or Caruso and Io, but I was like looking at like two of our starters combined for like eight points, two rebounds and two assists. Like no matter how loud of a voice you have, you cannot be the voice putting up stats like that. Those are, it's just emptiness. Adding a voice like Russ kind of quiets things down because, you know, he's a big personality. He would be providing at least some type of leadership that this Bulls team is sorely lacking. And a lot of the burdens and stresses that can't be answered by the players on this team people will be focusing their attention on Russ and everything that Russ is doing. And it would kind of like get people's attention off of the fact that Billy has various shortcomings of a, as a coach. It would quiet people's attentions off of what this roster does not have on it. But like, it's, it's just interesting to me that like people can make this argument for Russ not being better on this team. Looking at the fact that He's averaging like 15, 6, and 6 or something similar to that. We don't have anybody else in this roster who is doing that. And Russ is playing less minutes. But, it, like, it's just funny, like, looking at that because people, like, talk about Russ's, like, lack of three-point shooting. Nobody talks about LeBron's lack of three-point shooting. Russ is shooting 29% from three. You all know what LeBron is shooting this year? 31%. And he's taking seven three-pointers a game. People talk about Russ's, like, defense sliding off. LeBron's defense is actually worse than Russ's this year. And LeBron has the ball in his hands more. You know, he's directing the offense more. He's playing with the starters, so you're playing with better players on a nightly basis. Russ is coming in, and he's filling up the stat sheets off of the bench in a reduced role. There is no person who could sit down with me and, and explain to me in my opinion, how, not, how adding him to this Bulls team would make this Bulls team somehow worse. That I, you know, so I'm like, if you can add somebody who brings those, that level, those different dimensions to, to this team and kind of quiet the noise and take eyes off of Billy, eyes off of Zach, eyes off of Booch and DeMar, lack of defensive shortcomings, you do that. Maybe even add another shooter who is being bought out. I just like looked online. People were talking about how um, the Orlando Magic are in the process of buying out Terrence Ross, or like Cleveland. There was talk about them possibly buying out Kevin Love. I mean, if you add Bruss and another shooter, or you know somebody who could stretch the floor somehow, I think that you do that and. To me, like if you can do that without giving up significant draft capital or any of the players that you currently have on the roster, then maybe the Bulls actually found themselves in a better situation than actually trying to orchestrate some trades that do nothing but diminish what they have on this team right now. Yeah, I, I tweeted like I'm I'm cool for getting rest. 
but also get a shooter. Terrence Ross or Kevin Love, like you brought up. We would have to like get rid of Tony Bradley and I guess Marco. You might as well release Marco and just have him sign a contract with the Windy City Bulls because that's where he's playing at anyway. So, yeah, man. Russ is like the lead candidate for six man of the year. Yeah. Is our bench playing well this year? Not really. Now, part of that is due to the way Billy has been utilizing the bench. But why would you not add some type of player like that on the team? Like, I I don't get it. And we know he's not afraid to call out a coach. I mean, he's been calling out the Lakers coach like since he got here. So it's a win, win, win. That's how I feel about it, too. I'm cool with it. Like, he'd be cool to play with Billy, and he'll get his starting spot. And we do need a little spice to the squad. <laughs> we're very – we're uh, not very spicy. <laughs> I'm trying to say – I'm trying to say things in a nice way, but it would be nice <laughs> to throw in some extra sauce into the roster. Mellow. <laughs> Like one of the reasons why like a lot of us have been like clamoring for for Dalen to be on this team is because Dalen's a character. Like you know Dalen's gonna be calling people out and like providing energy. That is something that is sorely lacking on this team. It was funny watching them play the Nets a few nights ago and the way that they came out with a Nets team that had essentially because like after that trade went down with um with Kyrie. We knew that it was only a matter of time before they were going to be moving Durant. Like there was no reason for them to hold on to Durant for what purpose? We anybody like with just half a, a brain could understand that that was going to be the next domino that was going to fall. The team that lost there they lost three potential like Hall of Fame players this year, and now like they're looking at the fact that Ben Simmons is like the prize. Um, um, like the top prize that they landed, like with all of this craziness that has gone on with the Nets, Ben Simmons is their their prize that they are left with at the end. Th- that team should have been like like just lackadaisical, for lack of a better term. How did the Bulls come out? Absolutely no energy. I remember tweeting, like not tweeting, but like messaging you all, like when I was watching the game, I'm like what what am I watching? Like what is this? Like the energy, there was no energy at all with the Bulls team. And then some reason, like we're watching Zach Cook, and then like Billy does this thing with like, oh Zach, you know what? You're scoring too much. You know you need to go sit down. Like I don't know, you're only what 27 years old. Should be like you haven't played in a couple of games. I think you might be a little bit tired, so I'm going to give you a break. Like, he does that same exact thing. But, like, with Russ, I want to see Billy, like, try to tell Russ, hey, you know what? You need to go sit down. Um, like, no, that's not going to work. Like, that's that's one of the other reasons why I need Russ to be on this team. I need for someone to, like, look at Billy when he's trying to, like, you know, substitute out players. Like, uh, no, that's not you. that's not happening. Like, <laughs> I'm staying in this game. Uh, we need some spiciness. We need some players that are going to mix it up. We need somebody that is going to punch back when you get punched in the face and not keep allowing P- 
people to continuously punch you in the face and punch you in the face and punch you in the face and you're laying down and you're still taking it on the floor. <laughs> Fight back. You <laughs> got hands too. Please. Stop Have it, a surprise. I already did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. <laughs> Woo! That is exciting. <laughs> In the place where nobody goes to vacation. <laughs> Shout out, Joe. <laughs> so, we have the Cavs tonight. Then we have the Magic back at home. And what are the other games? Magic back at home. Then we're at Indiana and back at home for... The Bucks on a back to back. Did you say the Magic? We play Cleveland today, Magic on Monday. Then we have a back to back Wednesday and Thursday against the Pacers and the Bucks. Man, that sucks. That means that I'm not going to be able to watch the game on Monday. That's too intense. They, they black out all of like the Magic games whenever like. The Bulls play them because it's like considered a local game, even though I'm in Tampa and Orlando's an hour away, they black it out. Even though it's not being played on any of my channels. So I'll have to like listen to that game if I want to be able to see it. Uh. Tonight's definitely an L. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say hopefully it's we pull this off as two and two. <laughs> Like tonight's an L. I'm sorry. I'm saying nice a W because there's no way that you come out with a lack of energy and no sense of urgency after you just lost to the greatest assembly of role players that there's ever been and you play a guy that dropped 70 on you last time i know but what do we just talk about getting punched when you're down <laughs> if they come out and lay down against the cavaliers the and against the guy that scored 70 points on you then this team has no pride at all fight back <laughs> fight back Please. Yeah, but it would be like on par for this Bulls team to come out and like beat this Cavs team by like 10 points tonight. <laughs> like that's just the way things have been going this year. Like they don't show up for like the G League players, but they, sh they show up for playoff teams. This team is usually the most confusing team of all time. <laughs> of all time. Across all sports. We love them, though. We love them. I love them. I know you guys do, too. Yeah, I just wish they loved us back. Like, I feel like this is like a, a one-way... <laughs> like, just one way. Like, we're, we're not getting the love. I, I want to feel the love back from them. Unconditional love. With no expectations. <laughs> 
So yeah, I'm going two and two. I'm going two and two also, but tonight's an L. <laughs> Three and one. Who's the one? <laughs> the Bucks. Yeah, I gotta say the Bucks. <laughs> we beat the Bucks the last time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. You can't even like, go off logic. You can't go off logic anymore. <laughs> Before it was like you know, they're they're definitely gonna win against like teams over five hundred, but it's not even like that anymore. It's just like it's so <laughs> unpredictable. So, <laughs> I, a logic cannot be applied. It's just like whatever happens happens tonight. It depends on people's moods. <laughs> it would be interesting to like get behind like whoever like is in charge of like Vegas and watch them like come up with like mathematical like formulas to try to predict a bull's win. Like <laughs> you would have to like have like the top mathematicians for the world working on trying to figure out when this bulls team is gonna win. We just gotta get so our offense we- together. Like we're still ranked really high on defense. They did another uh, Kirk came out with another report again, like last 10 games. I think it was as of yesterday. And we're still, we're not ranked first anymore, but I don't know. We're like somewhere top five, maybe, I think, or maybe top six. It's just getting the offense together. Yeah, (laughs) they're legitimate. Like You have to score. Like in the game of basketball, I think you have to score more buckets than the other team. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's a a major part of it. Of course, defense defense wins games. Yeah, but let's uh, let's work on the offense a little bit. That's a wild philosophy you have there. But it, it is interesting, like, watching this team. Like, there have been times I – don't, I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but there have been times when they've gotten the rebound and, like, the players just look around like, wait, what are we supposed to do now? We have the ball. I saw that a couple of times with the Nets. Like, we got the rebound. Oh, God. Because Billy calls no plays. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully they play with some pride tonight, and maybe next time we have a show, we'll be talking about Russell Westbrook being on the scene. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows with these with these Bulls? So <laughs> till next time, go Bulls! Go Bulls! Woo! Stein Russ. <laughs> Make buckets. Fire Billy. <laughs> <laughs>